You are going to be totally blessed today. Brenda is uh, called of God. When we first started dating, she said, you know, I, uh, I was called to be a pastor's wife, and you're going to be a school teacher. <laughs> so I decided to change vocations. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I, uh, I had a calling, and she's been a great partner with me in, in four different churches in, in leadership ministry, and, and uh, her teaching gift is really, really a, a blessing. You'll hear God's voice on her voice today. It's not only for gals that are married today, but it is, a, it is wisdom from God's word for all of us to be better equipped to help people. Would you agree with me that out there we run into people all the time that could need an encouragement, encouraging boost for their marriage? God leads us to people that have needs, and this still will help equip us uh, in that way as well. Give Brenda a warm welcome as she starts our talk today. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I am preaching today from this book, if we could have the picture up there, The Empowered Wife, which sounds like, you know, some feminist empowered wife. But it says, six surprising secrets for attracting your husband's time, attention, and affection. Charity, my sweet daughter, suggested this book to me. She said, Mom, you might like this book. So I ordered it, and I read it, and I did like it because uh, sometimes, even though we're Christians, marriages need help. So um, let me see. Um, Titus 2, 3, and 4 says, The older women likewise, that they be... Oh, okay, wait. Likewise, teach the older women that they be reverent in behavior, not slanderers, not given too much wine, teachers of good things, that they admonish the young women to love their husbands and to love their children. So I'm fulfilling that scripture. I'm the older woman admonishing the younger women or all the women to love their husbands and honor their husbands. Now, I had one of my friends last night come up and say afterwards, you know, I'm not married, but I just decided to take the things you said as things that are for me with the Lord because the Lord is my partner, and she said it was very helpful. So I just say that, because I, want, I know that everyone can get something today. Okay, this lady, uh, I, I like this book because the principles she teaches are humble, they're um, loving, they're respectful, they um, are peaceful, so uh, you can't go wrong with that. And, but she, her name's Laura Doyle, and she was not doing well in her marriage. She was bossy and a know-it-all, as, as she tells on herself. She was in love with her husband when they got engaged. Once they got married, slowly but surely, she just kind of took everything over because she could do it better. Or else she tried to tell him how to do it. This is how you do it. And he would just give up because she uh, thought of herself. And she said, I thought I was smarter than him. She says it. And he, of course, withdrew from her because she wasn't giving him any respect. She was thinking she was so smart. And um, then, because he wasn't very romantic with her and happy with her, she'd give him lectures on that. Why don't you be more romantic? So he just, like, couldn't do anything right. She thought she was on the verge of divorce. But she did ask some of her older friends who had long marriages that seemed like they were good marriages, 
you know, what are some of your secrets? And she was shocked and surprised by their answers. Those are your secrets? And then she was surprised and shocked when she tried a few of these things and they were surprisingly so successful. They really worked. So, <clears throat> excuse me, over the years, she has perfected these six things. She calls them her six uh, intimacy skills of being, being friends, being a team, loving each other. And she teaches seminars. She has this book. And she says she has seen so many marriages come back from the brink of, you know, divorce. Just so many that they were ready to say, uh-uh, this, is, this isn't working. Like she was. Like, I made a mistake. This, I married the wrong man. This is not working. And today she has a very loving, happy marriage. I do want to say this. In this book, she says, women, you can do it. If you will do these six things, you can turn this marriage around. Pretty much guarantee it. But I want to say that Dan has a couple books. This one's called Do Yourself a Favor, Love Your Wife. I'm sorry I didn't get a picture of it. Do Yourself a Favor, Love Your Wife by H. Page Williams. In this book, he basically says, man, you read this book and do these things, you can fix your marriage. There's another one he has called Discovering the Mind of a Woman by Ken Nair. The same thing. He says, man, if you will read this book and do these things, you can heal your marriage. So I think that's interesting that if someone will take the humble route, they can heal their marriage. So, all righty. Um, <laughs> all righty. You might want to take notes. I'm just saying. You might. There's a couple things that you might wish you had had paper out. Uh, <clears throat> intimacy skill number one, replenish your spirit with self-care. Now, I was kind of surprised at this one because I was thinking, okay, these skills, how to figure this guy out. But right away, the very first one was you take care of yourself. All right, so 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Now, we most of us know that verse. If we get into his presence, we are transformed into his image, glory to glory. So I love that verse. And so the very first thing in replenishing your spirit with self-care is spending time with God. So women, men, spend time with God. Give him time. Give him your heart. It can be in worship. It can be reading the word. It can be uh, in fellowship, um, meditation. Spend time with him because he's speaking. He's speaking, and he's blessing us with glory. He's changing us. Okay, but some other things, practical things. This is a practical sermon, but it's spiritual too. All right, to, to the ladies, make a list of 20 things you like to do just because they make you happy. Now, that's just a practical thing. I'm going to give you some ideas. Lunch with a friend, getting a facial, watching a good movie, reading a good book, laughing at a funny cat video or a fail video, they're pretty funny. They make you laugh. Talk on the phone with your sister or a friend. Going for a walk. Doing artwork. Playing the piano. Gardening. 
riding a bike, taking a nap, <laughs> playing volleyball on the beach. That's her. She likes to play volleyball. Write in your journal, cook something special, or bake something special. Those are a few ideas. But she says, do three of them every day. The reason is we can not be getting things happening for ourselves, our own self-care, and we can kind of take it out on our husband. Like, why aren't I happy? Well, must be your fault. And we can get grumpy and just be, just be not, not cheerful. And she's saying, you take care of yourself. And I'll give you an example. Uh, I've helped Dan in ministry all the years of our married life when he was in church uh, ministry, because for a while he was a teacher. But there was a time when I, he would tell me different things and I would get involved and do different things. And it seemed like months and months and months I was never doing any artwork. And I'm a person that does artwork and I like artwork and it makes me feel like me. And so at some point I said, you know what? I need to be doing artwork, Dan. I'm, I'm doing too much and I, I need to have that time. And he was like, oh, yes, let's work on that because he loves me. Let's work on that. If I hadn't said it, he'd just keep giving me things to do because that's who he is. He loves church life. He, he lives in that realm. It was up to me to let him know, I need to do some artwork. And over the years, like, I like gardening. I, can I go to, do you care if I go to the uh, Grange and buy a few plants? You know, I won't go over $100, you know, so, things like that. <laughs> and um, just doing what makes you happy. So, okay, this is a kind of a cute thing. Tell him what you love. Say it, say it in a way, I would love such and such. This is a strong suggestion she makes to speak to your husbands <clears throat> rather than nagging or begging or whining or getting sarcastic and blah, 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 saying, I would love, you know, if we went to the beach or I'm missing the beach. I would love to take a beach trip, something like that, instead of, wow, we never go on vacation, do we? You know, we can do things in a way that just sets up an argument or says, you're not providing for me. So, ladies, that is a a nice thing to do, saying, I would love such and such. Now, let me give you one example. There were these two ladies that she knew, and in both cases, they asked their husband, you know, can we get a dog? I would love a puppy. And in both cases, the husbands were like, they're messy, they chew things up, you got to clean up after them, you got to take them for walks, they want to sleep in your bed, they get fur, you know, whatever things about dogs. And so... One of the ladies heard her husband and basically went right out and got a puppy. And he, you know, he just never liked that dog. He would never reconcile with that dog, ever. It became a total bone of contention in their marriage because for him, it was like my opinion was absolutely not respected in any way. She absolutely did not listen to me. And I don't like that dog. And the other lady, he did the same thing. She just waited, and she'd been reading this stuff. And so every once in a while, she would say, I would love a dog. I would love a puppy, without nagging. And after a while, actually took a while, I think over a year, um, he got her a puppy. And in this story, he got to be the hero, because she said, I would love this. 
He's bringing her something that she's excited about. He's excited because he's the hero. He loved the dog. They both loved the dog. It was an area of connection for them. That's a simple little story, but I really like it because the attitude was completely different and it had a completely different result. So um, basically what we sow into our marriage, we're going to reap these things. Just like if you sow some good red Montana wheat, you're going to get some good wheat. If you go in and blow a bunch of dandelions into a field, you're going to have a whole bunch of weeds. So whatever you're sowing into your marriage, you're going to reap that. The one lady, they both reaped what they sowed with the puppy story. Okay, skill number two. I have to do these kind of quickly because there's six of them. Restore respect. Um, Ephesians 5.33. I have to read up there because we have different versions. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself and let the wife see <coughs> that she respects her husband. I might need water. He, he's got some right here. She's so cute. Look at her. <laughs> can you, can you, you are the hero. I, I really appreciate it. I just feel a little tickle, you know, and then you want to. <laughs> okay. Thank you. I would love, did I say it right? Oh, I hope I did. <laughs> um, she says very clearly men need respect like they need oxygen. Women don't always get that. Men need respect like they need oxygen. They might want to say stuff like, oh, that frail male ego, you know. And that's not, that's not good. Men need respect. They crave it. Um, what are we sowing into our marriage? If we are dismissive and belittling, criticize our husbands, insult them, contradict them, make fun of them, nag them, try to control and manage them, we are sowing bad seed, and the men are going to dig their heels in, and they're going to put their defenses up. And then just like that lady who then wanted to lecture him on that, after she lectured him on everything else, then she wanted to lecture him on that, this author. All righty. When you act respectful, two things will happen. Two things. First thing, your husband will respond to you with more tenderness and generosity because he feels safe. He'll finally be getting what he's always craved, and so will you. Because women want love and affection predominantly. Okay. Second, you'll actually start to feel more respectful of your husband. You'll hear yourself saying these respectful things in a calm voice. You're saying them and you're hearing it. And it will start to affect your subconscious like a positive affirmation. You'll also notice that as you're being respectful, your husband becomes more thoughtful, attentive, and helpful. Suddenly, he seems like a better guy. It's a virtuous cycle instead of a vicious cycle. The more you respect him, the more he acts like the man you fell in love with, which is a guy who is not so hard to respect. Okay, can we get Angelina up there? This, this made me laugh. If a girl says, do whatever you want, do not do what you want. Stand still, do not blink, 
do not answer, do not even breathe, just play dead. Look at her. <laughs> Every man's worst nightmare, no way. Anyway, I, this is funny, and I just want to say just the opposite, just the opposite. Let's get her out of there. Woo! Um, one of the things that this lady likes is saying to your husband when he needs to make a decision, whatever you think, instead of always having to have an opinion, maybe tearing down his ideas, um, trying to manage him and control him. And this, she, she said this was so hard for her because, like, you know, like I've said, she kind of ran everything. And so she had to, you know, choke it out, whatever you think. And he was so relieved, like, woo, whatever I think. And it began to heal her marriage to actually just get her hands off of everything. And another thing was to say, I hear you, women, to say, I hear you. I'm listening. So if a man wants to tell you a bunch of stuff, we, again, we don't have to have a big opinion, say, that's not right. What, you know, <laughs> just, I hear you. I, I, I'm, I'm listening so that he knows what he says matters. Otherwise, men withdraw and get hostile, don't feel romantic, they don't feel safe. One other thing is learn to apologize. You know, she says she literally often at the beginning had to say, I apologize for being disrespectful, because she knew she was, I apologize. And that would soothe that place right there instead of a big fight starting up. Also, be respectful to your husband for your children's sake. If you constantly criticize your husband, it will hurt your kids. If, if they're, the, especially little boys, if they hear their mom criticizing their dad, who is their hero, I'm looking to this, this is what a man is, this is what I'm going to be, and she's always cutting him down. It's going to hurt that little boy a lot. Okay, okay, moving right along. Skill number three, relinquish control of your man. These all just kind of make me laugh. Proverbs 14.1 says, The wise woman builds her house, but the foolish pulls it down with her hands. It can happen by, our, by what we do. She was doing it. She was tearing her marriage apart, and she helped so many people that were right there, so many women that then would incorporate this, these ideas and build, build their marriage. <clears throat> Control is based in fear. I don't know if you want to write these four things down. If you have a hard time refraining from commenting negatively on something that is your husband's responsibility or decision, ask yourself, what am I afraid of? Four sentences. Four sentences. <laughs> what am I afraid of? Number two, is my fear realistic? because control is based in fear. Three, can I actually control this situation? Four, is it worth the intimacy it would cost me to try to control this? Also, as Christians, there's number five. It's a big one. Can I trust God with this situation? Can I trust my husband who's with the Lord and I'm married to him? Can I trust the Lord with my husband's decision? That's a big one. It's not written up there, but it's a good one. So your responsibilities, your decisions, your relationships, what you eat, what you wear, that's on your page. 
his responsibilities, his decisions, relationships, what he wears, what he eats, different things like that, that's on his page. She says, if you know the difference, your marriage will be a cakewalk. I like that. Okay, here's a little quote. Once you know how to advocate for your desires and your feelings, and you're doing it in a respectful way to a man who loves you and wants you to be happy, the drama vanishes. That's a good one. I'm going to read a couple quotes from this book. I liked them, so... She has a lot of testimonies in this book. That's why, I, that's why I like it. There's so many different women that she um, puts into the story that you can tell this is working for them. This is too small. I have to wear glasses on this one. This is Erica. I wanted a passionate and loving relationship with my husband, but I just didn't know how to make it happen. We fought often and hurt each other all the time. I told myself I was justified in my arguments and complaints. That is what we do. Both sides know I'm right now. You're, you know. Learning the six intimacy skills was one of the most valuable self-improvement projects I've ever taken on. When I learned to stop controlling the way my husband did things, I practiced gratitude and I focused on self-care, the atmosphere at home became so peaceful. Suddenly, we were laughing and holding hands like newlyweds, and my marriage became the one I dreamed of as a little girl. Pretty awesome. Here's a second one. Andrea says, each time I applied Laura's principles in my relationship, something amazing would happen in my marriage. Soon, I found myself enjoying the peaceful, intimate relationship I had been longing for. It was an eye-opening, humbling, and life-changing, or should I say, marriage-changing experience. Okay, I just wanted to read those because these are kind of funny, and you might even feel like, I don't know, I guess, but I just want to say, yeah, they're good. So number four is called Receive, Receive, Receive. She put this in here. Did I do two already? What didn't I do? Thank you. Something seemed weird. No, I, yes, okay, wait. I'm sorry. Did I do restore respect? So, and three was relinquish control. Okay, we really are here. Okay. Cool. It's all good. Okay. Receiving is the essence of femininity. If you think about that and think about it in nature, receiving, male, female, receiving is the essence of femininity. The more you are willing to receive gifts, compliments, and help from your husband, the more feminine and attractive you'll be to him, and the more special treatment you'll get. Now, I want you to hang with me here. I don't want you to think I'm just talking about women being these silly little feminine, mindless little wives. I'm really, really not saying that, so stick with me. Um, learn to receive compliments. Say thank you. Learn to, you know, I have a friend who said, her husband would tell her she was beautiful, and she'd say, no, I'm not. And he'd, he'd just keep telling her, and then he finally said, now you stop saying that. So she starts saying, thank you, thank you. Yes, I am. Um, receive gifts graciously. You know, sometimes men don't exactly buy the present you thought maybe you would want, and they don't know any better. <laughs> so like this lady, I think she has this chapter, skill three, receive, because she controlled it all. 
She began to criticize whatever he got for her, so he quit getting her things. So at Christmas or birthday, she'd tell him, I think she even went out and bought it, wrapped it, and then opened it. Oh, ooh, there it is. She'd do it at Christmas. She'd buy stuff for everybody, for him. She just took it all over. And when she finally decided to let that go, she said, I saw how much joy he got in buying presents. I had taken that from him because it, it was never good enough. So, you know, if he gets you a dust buster for your 25th wedding anniversary, maybe just receive it graciously. <laughs> That's the idea. Like, my mom used to not receive presents graciously. It would make us so nervous. Like, please like Dad's present. Please don't find something wrong with it. Um, he wants to please, so appreciate his efforts. Oh, Philipp Philippians 2.3. Philippians 2, 3. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in loneliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. I just like that because it's just saying, be humble in the receiving um, of gifts and just esteem your husband. Let him feel good about doing that. All right, skill number five, reveal your heart with vulnerability. Vulnerabil vulnerability is not the same as weakness. Proverbs 21.9, this kind of makes me laugh. I shouldn't laugh at it. It's better to dwell in the corner of a housetop than in a house shared with a contentious, quarrelsome wife. Like, just give me this little spot. You can have the whole rest of the house. I just want peace and quiet over here. That's what that is basically saying. So intimacy, connection, and love are on the other side of giving up our defenses. Being vulnerable with your husband inspires him to love and protect you. In a disagreement or argument, getting angry doesn't ultimately work. Expressing hurt does. Now, hang with me here. She says that she teaches people to say, ouch. Like if the, if the disagreement's turning into an argument and it's getting sharp, to say, ouch. Or to say, you know, okay, that hurts my feelings. Instead of just get mad and argue back. No, well, you, well, no, you, no, well, you. You know, to say, ow, that hurts, and be vulnerable. Um, not tears, not using tears as manipulation. Now, I want to tell a funny story. When I was learning, trying, I'm always trying to learn Spanish. I'm never really very good at it, but I always try to learn. And there was a time in my life when I decided to watch it on TV, and so I found a telenovela, which is a soap opera in Espanol. Little did I know. Someone said it was made probably in Venezuela. Well, this culture, this toxic culture on this telenovela, the men would come in the room and they were the men. And if they said something, there was no contest. It was never challenged. Everything is what I say. The women in this telenovela were silly, sexy, really immodest, really immodest dressing, high, always heels, always heels, and lots of makeup, lots of jewelry. And if they had an opinion, no, no one's listening to your opinion. So if they really cared about their opinion, what they would do was their one little trick which was cry. So they would, 
They wouldn't fight with the men. They would just cry and whine. <laughs> they would do it every episode. Some woman's crying now. Oh, there's another one. She's crying. <laughs> That's all they had. And so this one episode, this man, you know, like, uh, and he comes over to her, oh, my pequeña muñeca, which means little doll. Oh, my muñeca. And she's like, yes, I am your muñeca. I'm your little doll. And she kept saying it through the whole episode, remember, I'm your little doll. And I was like, mm, that's it. <laughs> that is it. They got on my last nerve. <laughs> I am not going to learn Spanish watching these people act like that. So I say that to say, I am not saying this silly little feminine woman who just agrees with everything and doesn't have a brain in her head. That's way over there. The other side is the feminist movement, like women, we are, opinions matter, power, argue for everything. Charity had a friend who suggested this book to her. She was raised in San Francisco. And she said, you know, we were taught everything feminist. Women, speak up. You can do everything. And she said, the trouble is, in marriage, it doesn't work because you're just causing fights all the time. So I like the Proverbs 31 woman, right? She's smart. She's capable. She's godly. She probably must respect her husband because uh, it says he's honored in the gates. But she makes things and sells them from her, from her profit. She considers the field. doesn't say she went and begged her husband to which field. She considers the field. She buys it and plants a vineyard. So she gets some more stuff. Anyway... Women should be all they can be, okay? Men should be all they can be, and women should be all they can be. Men shouldn't be the only big bossy guy with the opinion, and the women are just voiceless, silly. It should not be that way. We should be able to be strong and intelligent and capable and gifted, but a wise woman understands what her husband needs and responds that way. And in our culture... We've taken that a lot away from girls of just, you know, making fun of men and toxic masculinity and, you know, uh, women, just unity, whatever it is. And we should, if you really want to be a wise woman, you should understand what a man needs and be good about that. Um, here's a weird thing that she says. I have yet to hear about a case of verbal abuse that didn't go away when a woman who was with a good guy learned to practice the six intimacy skills. Now, you can believe that or not, but she's saying it. If the, if the woman will do these things, pretty much the man's not going to get mad and be verbally abusive. Okay? Um, she had a few stories where the woman's like, he's verbally abusive to me. And then she'd recall the incident, and it would be she had said something like, well, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard. One of his ideas. And then he starts cussing her out and being really mean. So then he's verbally abusive. And she'd be like, you, you said that. <laughs> so anyway, um, she says, mo you know, most of us are married to a good guy. And she doesn't know. Um, okay, so if a guy is actively addicted to drugs or alcohol or gambling or something toxic, that's not good. She's not talking about these working in that situation. If a man is physically abusive, then that's not good. And three, if he is unfit, chronically unfaithful. 
So she doesn't say what works with that, but she says if they're not doing that, they are a good guy and you can work with your marriage, all right? So one last skill, skill six. I'm going a little bit over. Uh, refocus your view with gratitude. She says this is the most powerful intimacy skill of all. It does two things. One, it shifts your focus from what you don't like whoop, to what you do like. And since what you focus on increases, just doing that makes a dramatic, positive, and immediate change in your relationship. You can see that that's true. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God, anyway, concerning you in Christ Jesus. Giving thanks for what's good about him instead of me, 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 all the things we're looking at that are negative. No, let's not do it. Two, by being, uh, refocusing with gratitude, um, by expressing gratitude, you're actually causing people to respond to you differently if you make someone who has done you a small favor feel like he did you a big one, he's more likely to want to do things to please you in the future. When you can't please someone, someone, it's human nature to get discouraged and give up. So she says, ladies, make a list of things that you're grateful for, for your husband. They're, they're there. Those things are there. And you can even remember some of the things that you were attracted to when you were engaged. Um, he's still that guy. And... Express gratitude to him three times a day. Isn't that cute? I know, nice. All you single guys are like, get engaged and like, listen, you got to hear Brenda's sermon before we get married. <laughs> okay, I, I, I'm done. Um, Father, may this be a blessing to each one of us. You have something for each one of us today about kindness, about being humble, about thinking of others more than ourselves, about taking the uh, respectful, honoring route. So bless us all with these words. Bless us all with this wisdom. And I bless all the marriages here and the future marriages. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Brenda. <clears throat> Yeah, that was helpful. Thank you. So, hope you rest your afternoon is great. Have a good God week. May God answer all your prayers and bless you in all that you do. Here's a good blessing. We shared it last time. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit continue with you now and through the rest of your day and week. In Jesus' name. God bless you. Have a great week. Don't remember. Oh, sorry. Don't forget uh, Tiffany's. Um, stop by for cake at Tiffany's uh, graduation party. Just through those doors right there. And if you want to, if you want to sign up for an interest in the camp, the camp out. It's on the welcome table um, in the lobby. God bless you. We love you. <laughs>